Welcome to hell. It's Think Outside the Box set. Now broadcasting live from the ninth circle of hell, where it is currently 114 degrees. Not even an exaggeration. Uh, yeah. Who, luckily, who knew it would be Portland all along? Slash yeah, Vancouver. Yeah. That's <laughs> hell is other Portland? Question mark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is very hot here. Luckily, we both have air conditioning, and so we're not putting ourselves in harm's way or threatening our lives by bringing you to think outside the box hut, which is the internet's only outrage machine. I keep saying outrage machine, and I think the original was hot take machine. No, I and like outrage. That's what is good. a hot? What what's hotter than than 114 degree takes, Cameron? Answer me that. Well, I. I would like to, I would like to think that um, we're aiming to make actual nice hot takes. Mm. That that our hot takes are positivity. Ah, like a like but, a sauna uh, that you go into and just have a good time instead of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, we listen. We're listening to the albums of John Mayer in order. Mm-hmm. The, the mayor himself. Mm. This Mr. Mayor, the 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 main investor in the Foursquare app. That's that's Sorry? a that's a joke for people who are very online. Maybe about ten years ago. Oh God! <laughs> Do you remember Foursquare? That was that that social one of the was proto social media apps. Not pre Slack. It's it's uh it's like I don't think there is a modern equivalent. You would have like locations. It's kind of the Pokemon Go of its time. You would have locations, and you would be like, I'm checking in at the Starbucks. And your friend's like, I'm checking in at the other Starbucks. And if you checked in enough, and you checked in more than anyone else, you were the mayor of that place. So you'd be like, I'm the mayor of Goody's Market, you know, or whatever. So, uh, Uh, all right. Lots of. Mayor of Starbucks. Yeah. Um, So. Title that possibly. (laughs) Right off the bat. (laughs) There we go. And John Mayer kind of is the mayor of Starbucks because he is, it almost seems like he's, he's, he took on his to-do list. He was like, write an album of Starbucks music um, that could be played over the speakers and could be a CD just on the counter that people could throw in with their lattes that costs uh, approximately one quarter of what this album costs. Yeah, this, uh, this is the most adult contemporary album I've ever listened to. Oh boy. It's, it's. It's hard to listen to. I had a hard time, especially the first it's song. It's profoundly boring. It's very bad. The first song is a big time U2 uh, oh. ripoff. Uh, there is a cover of Crossroads, the uh, the blues tune. Um, how much How much do you want to bet that uh, he's going to do Voodoo Child on the next album? Oh, my God. I feel, I feel like he's been creeping up on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I feel like, uh, oh boy. Yeah. I don't know. He's, he, he seems to be, I don't know. He's, he's probably doing the, the Eric Clapton version, but it's originally a Robert Johnson song. Um, and, uh, he, I can tell you that his, his version, Robert, uh, John Mayer's version is not great. Not my favorite. Well, it's probably cause, um, John Mayer sold his soul to the, the god of adult contemporary (laughs) music easy listening oh god and who would that be um is there anyone from the pantheon that could fill that nobody from the pantheon is boring enough honestly like all the greek gods are like out there fucking each other and chopping each other's arms off and turning themselves into swans and all kinds of shit eating their kids eating their kids (laughs) 
I had this uh, illustrated Greek myth book growing up, and the depiction of um, of Zeus eating Athena is that um, she was all like she's like a baby and all like all swaddled, Mm -hmm. and he's just like (laughs) big open mouth and just like he's about to go go to town on his (laughs) on the Chipotle (laughs) or something. (laughs) Well, baby burrito. (laughs) Yeah, she got the last laugh. She did, but guac costs extra, so. Who's the winner now? <laughs> um, yeah. Boy, oh boy, it's a boring album. Um, I, I don't know why he took this turn. It, it's, also, it's also very odd because the, the title of the album is so militaristic, Battle Studies. And he has, a bunch of, he has a bunch of songs about how this is like the fight for his life and everything. Um, in fact, yeah. one of the songs is called War of My Life. Yeah, it's he's been talking about so much more struggle in the previous albums, and I haven't always liked it, but at least it's been more specific. Mm-hmm. And in this one, I just don't really believe that he's really struggling. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the The lyrics are, I feel, more vague, and the music is less interesting. Yeah, I agree. Oh man, the 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 uh, some of the reviews for it cited on Wikipedia are brutal. Chicago Sun Times critic Jim Derogatis found the album quote laden with laughable romantic schlock lyrics and trite sappy melodies, and I can tell you it's hard to disagree with that. Yeah, there's like uh, one kind of compelling moment where there's a bunch of kalimbas or mm-hmm. or, or some sort of thumb piano, and. Uh, that's the only thing that kind of stood out in the entire album musically. Mm-hmm. So that's not great. Mm-hmm. There's a lightly distorted ukulele at one point, which is so lightly distorted mm-hmm. that to me, it sounds like they just didn't check their input levels. Yeah. They were just peaking. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty uh, not fun to listen to. Yeah. This album's a bummer. I, I even hate the album art. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's not great. Yeah, it's like a radar, and then there's a heart with a lightning bolt through it in the middle of the radar. Wait, what do you... Wait, and then there's the radar al- sweep. Wait, what album cover are you looking at? Oh, maybe I'm just looking at the one for the single. I think you might be looking at one for the single, because the one okay, well, for the album is just him looking like he's trying to be a model for, like, uh, H- Hedy Slimane or something, and... Oh, yeah, yeah, he look yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's not too bad. It's not too know. bad, yeah. It's a good looking, oh, you're right, the cover for guy. the... The Heartbreak Warfare single is much worse. Yeah, it's Hunt for Red October. Yeah. Hunt for Red uh, Hearttober. Well, should we jump into these songs? I guess so. Um, I'm sorry for uh, running over your Hunt for Red Hearttober <laughs> bit. It's okay. Maybe we should stop and just <laughs> let's have just, a moment let's of silence take a moment. for that bit that, yeah, that was killed. lost in the shuffle. Cut down in its prime. The hunt for the heart for Red October. The hunt for Heart October. The uh, heart, 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 heart. <laughs> there it is. You got it. I knew you're gonna be the one to pull it out. There we go. Let's go. Let's go. Listen to this extremely boring album. All right. Uh, Here is the first song. It's called Heartbreak Warfare.
the, the only edge thing of love more like the edge of boredom <laughs> more like the edge of you too <laughs> the only thing more boring than you too is other people trying to be you too uh and i, th- I i'm gonna call that hunt's law <laughs> <laughs> now is that is there a can i put that in the learning links uh i'm gonna i'll, I'll make a wikipedia article for it <laughs> yeah you should it'll get Hunt's instantly law. deleted Shoot. of course um, i like that a lot <laughs> there is a very specific u2 song that i that this song is uh essentially ripping off it sounds so much like it to me it's called peace on Which earth one? it's from the album all that you can't leave behind Going hard, you won't get hurt. jesus can you take the time to throw a drowning man alive isn't that a very similar melody to that or structure to that pre-chorus yeah i think so yeah yeah clouds of sulfur in the air bombs are falling everywhere it's heartbreak warfare yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh at least the u2 one has some like extended chords and some interesting stuff going on and Mm -hmm. um some actual different textures Mm -hmm. uh one thing that surprised me i have not revisited u2 in a very long time taking that sound sample i was like i hate bono singing i don't know if it's just this song or if is he just like a really bad singer i don't think he's a bad singer i just think the things he's singing the, the way that he's singing is bad. <laughs> <laughs> and that's different to you. <laughs> um, yeah, there's sort of like a, it's almost like a Dylan-esque sort of, sort of drawl to it, mm-hmm. but with less commitment. So it just sounds like it's trying to actually be singing. Yeah. There's like a whine to it. There's a rasp and a whine to it. And I'm just not into that shit. Yeah, I also just like, I don't know, this is more of a, a personal note, but um, I was subjected to a lot of uh, like sort of sub- subversive mystical c- Catholicism um, from our like religious nerdy friends in college. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it was kind of interesting at the time, but now I'm just like pretty fucking bored of it. And it's just like uh-huh. a huge cliche to me. And mm-hmm. especially after like the last couple of weeks of yeah, all of the, the shenanigans, n- news in Canada, the news the in Canada, the news from Italy. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the Catholic church just won't quit fucking up and being completely awful and monstrous. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I, yeah, just, Listening to Bono sing about peace on earth, I'm just like, I don't, (laughs) (laughs) I can't engage with this. Okay. Um, but that's, that's about Bono. What about this song? This is about Jennifer Aniston. Apparently it's about Jennifer Aniston. Um, this is, uh, and Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt. This is not since Alanis Morissette and you ought to know, has there been a, uh, celebrity, uh love triangle that has inspired some of the most compelling angry rock and roll music <laughs> um you won't believe what they do to each other in theaters in here in this song <laughs> <laughs> 
they will lightly name drop their ex and it will be <laughs> devastating. Uh, uh, is well, he perverted like me? Uh, lightning strikes inside my chest to keep me up at night. Dream of ways to make you understand my pain. Okay, so he's he's starting off strong with some like 13-year-old style uh, poetry. So that's good. Yeah. It's like look, it hurts like a, a knife. <laughs> uh huh. So it's like reading a middle schooler's diary. So that's good. Yeah. Um, clouds of sulfur in the air. Bombs are falling everywhere. It's heartbreak warfare. Once you want it to begin, no one ever really wins in heartbreak warfare. Um, one of the many ways that this really sucks is the fact that the United States is at war at this time and still is. Um, in the same conflicts to this day. Yeah. Uh, it's not just like some cute metaphor you can use because boohoo, your feelings got hurt because someone said Brad Pitt's name at one point. Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's like this, these are your actual wars where people are actually dying. And the very previous album, he had what seemed to be like a pretty, um, telling and aware take on the war and, the United States is yeah. militarism. And um, that was like one of his more compelling songs from that album. And he just completely abandons that in favor of like, yeah, I'm just going to use this as like fodder for some really dumb metaphors. I'm just going to like completely ignore the reality of war. It'll be great. And that, yeah, I mean, me. there's hypothetically some sort of in- enjoyment there, like some sort of good metaphor. I don't know. The first thing that, comes to mind is this anime that I believe is called Love is War. And I'll put a link in the learning links. Oh. Um, and basically it's like a a high camp anime um, that's like, it's like an action anime kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, except for it's all about like a high school um, and like like little love triangles and stuff. And um and all of the action is just passing comments that are obsessed over and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like leans into the metaphor in a way that's, you know, to, to an effect it's, it's to be funny mm-hmm. and it works, you know, there's something there that, but yes, yeah, it feels kind of care, careless. You know what? The first thing I thought of. Now! No one can tell us where you can just forget about coming back. there it is (laughs) there it is okay yeah so uh pat benatar did it earlier and better uh sorry john mayer not sorry yeah especially when he's like uh clouds of sulfur in the air bombs are falling everywhere it's like there's no actual like he won't commit to the metaphor yeah he he could be like he could be like yeah, yeah. love is like world war one and the trenches of the sum and i'm getting gassed by you in literal and metaph- metaphorical ways like he could he could be like specific about it and commit to the damn thing instead he's just kind of like waving his hand lazily and being like yeah bombs are falling everywhere it's crazy out here you know you know how warfare where bombs are just like falling like everywhere my god well clearly Someone has been 
destabilizing the region of John Mayer for a long time, and <laughs> whoever they are is clearly the one to blame mm-hmm. for all of this. We're going to topple the statue of John Mayer. <laughs> we're gonna, then we're going to drag him out of his little spider hole. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't actually get to the Brad Pitt part. We kept referencing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, do we have any proof that this line is actually about, like, the drop his name, push it in, and twist the knife again? Um, I haven't cross-referenced. I haven't looked at these old tabloids. But there are two different annotations on the genius that say it. So, um, And Jennifer Aniston did date, um, I mean, did date Brad Pitt at one point, right? Or was married or something. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, verse two is drop his name, push it in, and twist the knife again. Watch my face as I pretend to feel no pain, pain, pain. It's interesting. It's uh, she seems a little old for his tastes. <laughs> <laughs> John Mayer's tastes, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, how old is she? Like older than he is? I think so. Let's see. What um, year was I mean, she? Born? Maybe not. She's born in 1969. I think John Mayer is 74, 77. Okay, so she's eight years older than him. That sounds right. Yeah, that feels right. That that feels yeah. Normally, right. I feel like it's the other direction. So she would have been forty two, and he was thirty four. Okay, at at the at the year this album was released. Trying to compete with Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Red wine and Ambien. You're talking shit again. It's heartbreak warfare. Yeah, right. this is a dumb and bad song. This is dumb and bad and boring. Boring. All right. I'm feeling dumb and bad and boring by talking about it. <laughs> it's making on. us stupider and more boring the more we, time we spend on it. What? Uh, let's double down. Let's do all we ever do is say goodbye. Okay. It's even worse. Hooray. Why you wanna break my heart? So plotting. Why am I gonna let you try? I think that harmony is really nice. It is really nice. I was just thinking that. So what's what's going on there? Um, let's see if I can... Oh, I got a guitar here. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me play. Um, <laughs> anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> oh, shit. I just hit the mic. Oh, no. Uh, That's going to sound good. Yeah. Um, duh, duh. Where's that note? Okay, so it's F. Um, F that. So, uh, all we ever do is sing. It go, it's like, um, it's, it's descending. So it's his voice in unison, two Fs, and then, and then an F and an E flat, and then an F and a D, and then an F and a C. Um, so there's like, it, that's a really, uh, pleasant little device because you go from just two notes in unison. I can't actually reach that far. Um, but then you have for a moment, some extreme dissonance mm-hmm. that's immediately resolved. So mm-hmm. anyway, l- little nice moments in an otherwise boring song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I was, you know what I was thinking as we were listening to that sound sample? 
Now, now, the, now you said all, a bunch of like smart guy stuff with like uh, like theories and like maths and 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 harmonies and stuff. I was thinking th- this this should be a fucking disco song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you could say that about any number of songs. Yeah, I just think I this think. would be a killer disco song. Like, like there's a lot. It the subject matter is like precedented, and it would make it less weepy and like whiny. When you're like, "Why do you want to break my heart again? Why am I gonna let to try you win? All we ever do, do is say goodbye." Like having the empowerment and sass of disco music behind it would make those lines a million times better. Yeah, if like Curtis Mayfield singing this. Oh yeah, and there were some bongos. Oh yeah, the disco strings. Mm-hmm. Way better. Oh, man. Well, how much more evidence do we need that we do not live in a perfect world? That we live in, the in, in indeed, the worst of all possible worlds. <laughs> Candide was right. The, this is the nightmare timeline. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, he does say at one point, I bought a ticket on a plane, and by the time it landed, you were gone again. <laughs> uh, and um, I, I kind of wonder if that actually happened, because it sucks. <laughs> if you got ghosted on a... Oh. If he got stood up for a date where he had to fly there. I, that's happened to me. It does suck, actually. <laughs> it wasn't a date, per se, but it was accommodations and uh, companionship. <laughs> yeah, shoot. Yeah, it was It was a, a, a trip that I was going to take with uh, a couple people that you actually know. <laughs> Our friend Dustin oh, was involved. And then I showed up at the Austin <laughs> airport, and they're like, JK, we're actually not coming. Uh, and oh my god yeah it did it they were gone again and uh it it, it broke my heart again <laughs> uh, friend of the show and mcr mega fan mm-hmm. dustin mm-hmm. okay well uh let's move on let's talk about uh tete yeah here she is yeah she's making another cameo appearance When I read after after listening to the album, I looked this up and I was like, "Wait, what the fuck? Taylor Swift is on here?" I had no idea, no clue, because she is buried so much in the mix. I thought that was just another John Mayer track of vocals. <laughs> no, it's the other half of his heart, Taylor uh, Swift. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did they actually date at some point? Yeah, I mean, she wrote that song about how shitty he was yeah. and we listened to it that's and her uh, dear john yeah i guess so they had some kind of thing at least yeah let's see okay now n- since we're comparing ages let's see how old was taylor swift in 19 or 2009 <laughs> rather uh so she was born in 89 so she would have been 20 years old and he was yeah uh, i did the i did the math wrong he was actually 32 um so he's 12 years older than taylor swift yeah that's uh there's a bit of a disparity there. Mm-hmm. Not not that it can't be done, but I don't think it can be done by a John Mayer. Oh, <laughs> I think that's a great way to put it. <laughs> and honestly, I don't know if it could be done by a Taylor Swift. <laughs> she yeah. comes across as a, a pretty doe-eyed individual at the time. Yeah. I think maybe yeah. now she could handle it, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I couldn't. Shit. 
Yeah, it seems like um, that's like uh, impossible mode. That's like the Dark I mean, Souls of there, relationships. <laughs> there, yeah, there, there are people who you know are just developed in that kind of way and ready to have the strength of ego to stand up to someone who's had 12 more years of life experience or the other way around. Like someone hasn't necessarily done a whole lot of growing, uh, (laughs) when, and maybe they're still at a 20 year old level and that's where they're at, you know? So I, who could you be referring to and, and why are their initials JM? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this song, uh, half of my heart i think there's something i don't know there's there's something here there's something happening here what it is is ain't exactly clear though so i think there's kind of an idea for a song here half of my heart's got a grip on the situation half of my heart takes time half of my heart's got there's uh, one and a half hearts here Mm -hmm. that's so far half of my heart's got a right mind to tell you that i can't keep loving you with half of my heart so there. There's there's maybe half a song here. Uh, that's about as good as it gets, I think. Um, so the, the thing about using the device of half of my heart is I don't think they're all additive. I think at, sometimes he is talking about one half of, of his heart and the other yes, half he's talking about so the too. other I'm half. I'm just being willfully obtuse. I know, but the the problem with what he's doing is that that device gives him a lot of latitude for vagueness. And if there's one thing that John Mayer does not need in his songwriting, it's more no. latitude for vagueness. Uh, okay. So let's, let's name them heart a or heart half a and heart half B. Uh, when he says, Oh, half of my heart's got a grip on the situation. That's a half of my heart takes time. Is that B? And then when he says half of my heart's got a right mind to tell you that I can't keep loving you with half my heart. Is that half heart half a or heart half B? Um, which half it's hard to say like is the grip on the situation that he needs to end it or the other way around i don't know does john know i that's a great question he should he should have uh nicknamed the parts of his hearts um just so it was more clear in this in the song Uh, this is little johnny little johnny this is the mayor (laughs) and this is the mayor of hartsville and this is uh david duke (laughs) (laughs) oh cameron Oh. oh no! You got him. Um, he got himself. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, the, yeah. Um, there's something kind of like troubling in this song, and also kind of in "Friends, Lovers, or Nothing," which is the last track. Um, maybe we could even skip there next. Mm. Um, go, go out of non-consecutive order, but, uh, songs. Sure. Uh, right. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, it it feels like John, like part of John's issue is that um, at least the the character of John Mayer that I'm led to believe exists based mm-hmm. on his interviews and his songs and etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's like this like half of my heart thing. It's like, well, maybe you need to be in a relationship with someone who is okay with having half of your heart. Yeah, there are people that are that will engage with you that way, mm-hmm. you know? So why not just do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's this, uh, especially like today as like, you know, poly community and, or, or like theory and stuff like that is being more prevalent and more like 
people are like combating against certain kinds of respectability politics and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like if if you don't know how to be faithful or to give yourself to someone fully or whatever, there are options for you and there are ways for you to behave yourself um, that uh, don't necessarily like fit into these, you know, serial monogamist uh, kind of situations. Yeah. And I feel like I wish John Mayer was, it seems like he's, it's about his ego. He wants to have people want all of his heart, you know? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's it's highly normative to think that like the only form of relationship that could possibly be is someone just taking all of my heart. And it's <laughs> like, well, you know, there's there can be other options, dude. Yeah. Yeah, but part of me is is just like, would you would John, would you be satisfied with that kind of situation? Again, yeah. he's sort of he's sort of putting the onus on on someone else to decide whether he's enough for them. And it's like, yeah. well, what about, what do you want? You know? Yeah. And like, who's someone who can actually treat you the way that give you the space that maybe you need, you know? Yeah. Anyway, uh, this discussion, we're having pathological. <laughs> this discussion we're having is prompting me to ask the question, Cameron, do you think John Mayer has friends? Um, yeah, his, his best friends, uh, Robert Johnson and <laughs> Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton and other blues legends and yeah, Eric Clapton. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I'm kind of thinking maybe he doesn't have like real friends. I don't know. Cause like, yeah, this, like this, this maniacal focus on having an all consuming relationship is so codependent that yeah. it makes me think that either a he's looking for that because he doesn't have other forms of community or b he is like bringing that sort of same sort of like codependency to his friendship uh community and like driving them away through that i don't know it's just like it makes it's like maybe your friend has half your heart maybe you could just have a friendship you know yeah um that's the rumor we're starting now this this is the libel that i'm that i'm starting to spread john mayer doesn't have any friends pass it on (laughs) hashtag john mayer has no friends we're gonna have a t-shirt up in the shop soon uh that is the one of the the cruelest things we've said on this (laughs) we've said a lot of bullshit (laughs) ouch well it's accurate um okay Okay, yeah. So let's talk about the end of the end of this song. This is more of this, more of these vagaries. Yeah. Do we do the one that says, "Are those different halves, though?" Yes. He said, half my heart is the part of, oh, he, of a man. I thought he said me, but pronounced it like may. Yeah, he, he got a partial heart transplant mm. from a, a real a real monster. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, half of, but what I want to talk about is half of my heart is a shotgun wedding to a bride with a paper ring. So the heart I don't think that is a anything. wedding. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you think that means, Cameron? <laughs> You could say half of my heart's in a shotgun wedding, but yeah. then that that would mean that he's being coerced into this. Mm-hmm. Also, but I don't think that's what he's trying to say. Paper ring. What's up with I that? I don't know. I don't know. 
John, this, John, you're fucking up, dude. <laughs> you're trying to do too many things at once. Making yourself into some, like word salad, which is delicious, but is not, you know, comprehensible. <laughs> delicious word salad. Mm, I was having a nice uh, Niçoise word salad a couple nights ago. It's is delectable. <laughs> um. You can't have that. That's all. That's like a fish salad. You're oh. a vegetarian. Well, I just leave off the fish. Come on. <laughs> you leave out the fish words. Yeah, just leave out the fish words. <laughs> okay. Uh, what should we? Hmm, what should we talk about? Did you want to skip uh, to friends, lovers, or nothing? Yeah, let's do that, and then okay. we can come back if we want. Yeah. So this is the last song on the album. Gross. Mm-hmm. Friends, lovers, or nothing. There can only be one. This is a very um, Randy Newman kind of chord progression. Mm-hmm. I think that any time that someone uses the uh, major two chord. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but uh, what key is this in? It's an A. Lots of songs in A. Um, so it's like uh, F sharp minor. Ooh, my guitar is so out of tune. It's from this heat. Mm-hmm. That's better. Friends, lovers, or nothing. And then there's a, a, a B7 there, which would be the major two chord. And then it goes to D. That's a real Randy Newman chord progression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes minor six to major two to a four. That major two to a four is... Uh, a real Randy Newman yeah. kind of like pop p- piano pop. Uh, you got a friend in me kind of bullshit, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm kind of into. Um, but mainly the thing I wanted to talk about in this song is uh, this the same thing that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Friends, lovers, or nothing. There can only be one. Friends, no- lovers, or nothing. There will never be an in between. So give it up. Yeah, like. <sighs> What are the other options in that? Like, if you are if you are t- speaking to a prospective romantic partner, um, friends, lovers, or nothing, that what are they suggesting? Yeah, what are they suggesting? But yeah. also, like, you're being so definitive, and those three options seem to cover like most situations, right? Like, what what uh, what else <laughs> could you do? Yeah, I think I think yeah, sort of the one of the issues is is assuming that any one of those categories is a commitment, mm-hmm. you know, that if you're going to be friends, then you're going to continue to be friends and only do that. Or if you're going to be lovers, then it's, you're going to be like a monogamous, you're going to be the old couple from up, um, mm-hmm. or you're going to be nothing, but there's also, you could be worst enemies. You could be frenemies. That's true. Yeah. Nemeses is, yeah. Uh, colleagues, collaborators um comrades comrades acquaintances that you kind of wave awkwardly to in the parking garage 
and uh, but don't and you, and you like never you're never sure if you want if you're gonna say hi and if you do say hi do you have to have a conversation are we gonna stop yeah are you gonna <laughs> yeah. yeah are you gonna stop walking that's the main question like um, friends lovers if I stop walking <laughs> yeah w- will they feel awkward yeah <laughs> will I have breached I, the the social contract <laughs> mm-hmm. do I act do I actually want to talk to them or do I feel obligated to based on what they want maybe and yeah, do they even want there's a lot of other stuff here there's there's so much going and, on yeah yeah um you whisper come on over because you're two drinks in but in the morning i will say goodbye again think we'll never fall into the jealous game the streets are flood with blood of those who felt the same yeah i i took uh, a sample to see if that was actually the grammar mm -hmm. (laughs) that he used uh you want to play that yeah the streets are flowed with blood of those who felt the same it is flood. You can either say the streets are a flood mm-hmm. or are flooded mm-hmm. or flooding. Yes. But not our flood with blood. Or wet. Or you could say uh, Well, those don't moist. rhyme. I get the or rhyme. Squishy. I think that's great. You can make the rhyme. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The streets are damp with blood. Um, the outro is uh, a hell of a thing. He says, anything other than yes is no. Anything other than stay is go. Anything less than I love you is lying. Um, God damn, John yeah. Mayer. Calm down. Jesus. <laughs> Why can't you just have a nice one night stand with this person who invited you over? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if it's so stressful to you, why did you do it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like enjoy it or don't do it. And why are you making it this person's problem? <laughs> Seems like yeah. it's pretty much the problem is only on your end. Um, it also brings to mind one of my favorite uh, Zen koans um, on the subject of, of uh, binary questions, yes or no. Um, I don't know if I want to tell the whole... Uh, Do it. Okay, I'll tell the whole thing. It's got to be... It, it, it stood the test of time. It, stood it the will test be of time. more interesting than this song, I yes. guarantee you. Yes, it will. <laughs> okay. So the, it takes the form of like many Zen koans do, it takes the form of a master talking to a student and the student poses a question to the master and the student says, master, does a bog, (laughs) fuck, I fucked it up already. Off to a great start. Does a bog have Buddha nature? No, no. Does a dog have Buddha nature? A Um, bog? A bog. (laughs) And the master's like, a bog? And uh, that's the the whole koan. (laughs) That's it. That's it. I I like that a lot. That's all, folks. (laughs) That's a good fucking question. (laughs) I never thought of it that way. Um, Does a dog have Buddha nature? And, of course, there's all kinds of implications and... and concepts all wrapped up in that question about the natural world, what Buddha nature means. And then it's expressed in this black, very black and white, like yes or no, like, is it yes or is it no? And what the Zen master responds is he says, Wu in Chinese or Mu in Japanese, which is a, as far as I understand it, I'm not a sub, I'm not a, an expert in the grammar of either of those languages. As far as I understand it, it is sort of a particle word. Um, sort of how we might like use the word or the prefix un. Um, yeah. And the effect of that is to unask the question. Yeah. In other words, to refute the premises that underlie the question. So, yeah. So if you are ever faced with a yes or no answer or a question, do you have more than two options? You can say that is an invalid question 
because it, it rests on uh, premises that are false or invalid or don't make sense. The classic like joke um, uh, a, a form of that question is, have you stopped beating your wife yet? Right. You can't reply yes or no to it. Uh, yeah. You, unless, wait, hold on. <laughs> this is the only correct yeah. answer. <laughs> or you could just say, woo. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to do the tones. It's I'm very bad a, at them. It's such a powerful idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 um, it's also the, like, that's what we should, we should have that for all of the, the debate me bros. Mm hmm. Yeah, the Ben exactly. Shapiro's of the world. Mm-hmm. Unasking your question, your <laughs> your question's garbage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Does a dog a Buddha nature? <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, that's my issue with the song. Um, I think I had something to talk about musically. Oh yeah, in the in the outro, um, it's got this. Um, this really neat. So, so I've talked before about the, I've talked about the the minor four chord, mm-hmm. which um, is sort of a shortcut to sentimentality or nostalgia. So, um, I've ta- this is like a friend of the show at this point. Mm-hmm. This is a segment. Mm-hmm. So, if we're in the key of A, then uh, a minor four chord would be like a D minor chord. So, A B C D. D is the fourth. One. Usually in the key of A major, you would have a D major. Mm-hmm. But instead, you have this chord. This is the Wait, uh, wake me up when September ends. For all the millennials out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's like one of... That's a device that you'll hear in songwriters. But there are other ways to... Um, get that effect the the sad note the business note in there is the the f natural if we're in the key of a major it's actually the pronounced f natural f natural the f natural <laughs> <laughs> um in old time music this is an, an aside to an aside um but in old time music uh sometimes on the fiddle or on a fretless banjo um, you want to play something in between a major or a minor third or in between a major or a minor seventh, um, sometimes called a neutral third or a neutral seventh. It's a microtone, mm-hmm. an old time microtone. And um, I like to uh, refer to those, like if I'm in the key of A and I want to do a neutral third, I'll say, I'm going to play a C slurp. <laughs> <laughs> It gets a real kick at kick at the fiddlers at the Pickers Festival <laughs> in the Pickers Circle. Uh, anyway, um, so the business note there is uh, this. It's a uh, a borrowed note from the A minor chord, even though we're in A major. Um, it's so the uh, minor scale would be um, hit that note in F natural. So it's in major in A major. It would be in F sharp. We're lowering it um so but there are other chords that you can use that have that note in it that will give a similar effect but with a different flavor Mm -hmm. so in the outro um well see if you can see if you can detect it this will be a little fun little little play along uh, or a little play along at home kind of game um so just tell me the word if if there's a word when this chord lands on it where um where that chord, the uh, D minor chord, is embedded within another chord. 
Oh, okay. All right. I I will I will do my darndest. Uh, listeners, okay, play along with me. I feel very under pressure. Ding 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 ding. Here we go. Right there. No. No, right there, right there. There was it. That was it. Right there. Right? Yeah. Okay. Let's see if I can. Yeah, exactly. Wait, hang on. Sorry. Try to play from that near the end. Damn you. Come on. Stop it. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> this is audio poison. Stop it. Uh, okay. There's only one, I think, right? Right there. Anything less than I love you, right? Um, yeah, I believe so. It's right before it resolves there. Yeah. So I, I couldn't figure out which syllable. Um, but yeah, it does the same thing. It's like, wake me up when September ends. It goes D major. But then instead of going to D minor, it goes to this. Um, hmm, I don't actually. Yeah, oh. there we go. So this actually has uh, two of those notes of the D minor chord inside it. It has a D and an F natural, mm-hmm. but underneath it, it is recontextualized. It's also got a B natural and a G because it's a dominant seven chord. Ooh. It's a G dominant seven chord. So it's the flat seven chord of A major that has a seventh on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the way of doing that sort of little songwriter trope, but it's, it's kind of a little punchier. Ooh. So it has those notes embedded inside of it. Sorry for my shitty guitar and it's bad intonation. Mm. Um, but <laughs> I think you get the, <laughs> the basics there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, uh, that's like a little moment that um, stood out to me in an otherwise just profoundly boring album. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, okay. There's Shall we backtrack? One more lyric. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Two, two, two more lyrics that I want to say. Now that we are over as the loving kind, oh. that's a bad Ugh. beginning of a sentence. <clears throat> and then I'd be pouring tears into your drying eyes. Gross. Gross. Don't, please don't say yeah. that. I don't like this song. All right. Let's, um, yeah, let's talk about a couple more. Uh, do you want to talk about, um, how much time do we got? Cause I want to talk about assassin for sure. Um, Ooh, uh, what? Okay. Well, let me look at which ones do I have things to say about? Not very many. We, can, what, what if we just do who says, and then assassin, and then we'll just like, listen to your segment of um i mean listen to your sound sample of crossroads and call it there okay here we go all right who says who says i can't be free from all of the things that i used to be rewrite my history who says i can't be free it's been a long night in new york city it's been a long night Baton Rouge. 
We live in a post Hey There Delilah world at this point. Oh God, we do, don't we? <laughs> yeah, he's really trying to Hey There that Delilah, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> which is also a very derivative song, but it this did come out like within a couple years of right. that song being. Mm-hmm one of the most played songs on the radio. Yeah. Even just like the, the prominent name drop of New York city is like, okay, we get what you're going for. Yeah. John. We see what you're up to. <laughs> you're trying to hit, Hey there, Delilah. <laughs> and, um, I think it even has like some very similar, um, I mean, I think Hey there, Delilah. Um, so this is in D I think Hey there, Delilah also has a, um, <laughs> Uh, one of those um, minor four to one mm-hmm. chords in it, and I think uh, th- this song has a. Um, uh, so for in D, it would be a uh, B seven to no 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 no. It, oh, I'm, this is terrible. I'm totally floundering. I wasn't planning oh on doing this. Oh boy. Yeah, it does this. It goes. Uh, yeah. D major to a major three chord, uh, F sharp dominant seven to uh, B minor, which is the minor six chord. That's like a, I think that's in Haylair Delilah too. Um, just like big sappy, uh, b- big sappy songwriter tropes mm-hmm. for chord progressions. Mm-hmm. Which, which is to say, I think it's fine. I. And and maybe maybe I even like this song more than Hey There Delilah. Ah, I don't know. I mean, that's a fairly low bar, at least for me. I don't know what you think about I mean, that song. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not, and I love Hey There Delilah. No, um, I basically had to teach that for a living for like five years. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, um, there there's some interesting stuff here where I feel like John Mayer is on the cusp of accepting himself and saying like, what if I did what I want and I don't have to be tortured about it? Yeah, I was, I was, that's exactly what I was picking up. I was going to put it as like, this is 10% away from being like a good and insightful song. Yeah. It's almost there except for a lot of the stuff that he talks about is just sort of turning to women to make him feel things. Yes. Um, but there's other stuff in there too. Like, um, plan a trip to Japan alone. Doesn't matter if I even go. It's a little bit of privilege in there, but also it's like, yeah, you should do what you got to do, man. He doesn't say he um, buys the plane tr- plane tickets. Right. He, he right. could so be doing planned. a manic pixie dream person and just like being like, <laughs> oh, I'm so quirky. I'm planning like my whole itinerary to this trip to Japan that I'm not even going to go on. Aren't I quirky? And I have bangs and eyeliner and my name is Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Uh, that is a nice. It's like why he's he's talking about thinking about investing, fantasizing about investing in himself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it's about. Yeah. You know, or who says I can't get stoned? Mm-hmm. Well, the government. and apparently, like it was contra- Well, yeah, <laughs> but apparently, it was controversial. Um, that he was like, apparently, people got upset that he was talking about marijuana in the song, which is God funny to damn. think about now. That that Things was have changed this is a lot. <laughs> Twelve years ago, and it's like I, I keep I keep saying like. It was a. It's a different planet. <laughs> yeah, it's in, it's so crazy. It's insane that like people like were clutching their pearls about like him saying, "Who says I can't get stoned?" Right. Like, Fuck you, dude. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
the most nothing yeah, which, thing to get upset over. Which again is like if we're talking about all of the like romance and sexual kind of mores of the time, not that long ago. It mm-hmm. also does kind of make sense why he's like trapped in these um, these cycles of codependent kind of toxic relationships. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can kind of understand where you're coming from. Like, uh, we didn't necessarily have the language, um, you know, to say why you're justified to act in certain ways. So that means that you when you're going to act in that way, because it's what you ultimately want to do, you're going to do it out of a place of shame, which Mm -hmm. means that you're not going to be able to really examine what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you're going to develop an unhealthy relationship with a woman or marijuana Mm -hmm. (laughs) or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's like, yeah, if you're in a culture that like, uh, where there, where there is language about, um, and, 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 and cultural, um, th- things that you can uh, s- step on top of in order to feel confident and empowered in your decisions, then all of a sudden you have a lot more options and you can do it without feeling ashamed. Anyway, mm-hmm. there's some, like I said, there's some good stuff in this song. Yeah. I, I, once again, he is completely just like out the gate falls flat on his face because of his vagueness. Um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of that is because he keeps saying, who says I can't get stoned? Who says I can't be free? And my response to that is, I don't know, John, who is saying that? <laughs> tell me, please tell me. Also, what the hell are you talking about with the chorus? It's been a long night in New York city. It's been a long night in Baton Rouge. I don't remember you looking any better, but then again, I don't remember you. He's like trying to be like a fucking mean girls character or something. Like what the fuck are you doing, John? Like who is that addressed to? Who is it about? How does it fit with this other <laughs> part of the song is he saying that someone else is like equally dysfunctional as him or is he saying like attractiveness yeah is he he being mean by saying i don't remember you like what is he saying (laughs) i don't know yeah let's Mm. see what the genius annotation says the baton rouge part is a reference to a girl Hmm. both john and his roommate knew at the time of writing this chorus is effectively an exhausted release. The oh, idea that happens that sometimes when, as you get older. <laughs> and sometimes you're so tired, you just come. <laughs> I could come right now. Uh, the idea that it's been a long time and sometimes you can simply relax, do what you want and feel okay about it. Okay. They pulled it together at the end. <laughs> yeah. But they still didn't actually... Re- explain what baton rouge means yeah or who the you of this song is i'm down i'm down voting wait i already am logged in i'm gonna download it too i downvoted yeah <laughs> I sure as sure as hell ain't pyonging it <laughs> oh man genius like really changed their platform recently i don't know if we talked about it and we it's did. really hard to use now <gasps> now it's in the old platform were, was it showing you the mobile version or something? I don't know. But when I logged in, it made it better. Interesting. Okay. There's hmm. downvote. <laughs> so here's something interesting from the uh, credits on the Genius, at least. It says that guitars credited to John Legend on this song. Sorry? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. What? Because, uh, I mean, guitars. John Mayer's whole thing is he's he's guitarman. Is this a typo? <laughs> 
I don't know. Maybe they were maybe they were trying to say John Mayer is legendary, and they, it just yeah. happened to like auto look up something else. He's definitely playing in the music video. Yeah, John, John Mayer is. That is to say. Yeah. Oh, he's not huh. credit. Like I went to Wikipedia, and it says personnel: John Mayer, Steve Jordan, Pino Palladino, Ian McLagan. So no John Legend uh, listed there. Okay. Well. How do we edit this then? <laughs> I don't know. How do we downvote that? Yeah, yeah. That's um, I'm also downvoting this comment. I'm. I might be like giving away some of my like Reddit karma or whatever on this platform. But there's this comment that says there's something magical about this song. <laughs> no, there it's isn't. the chord thing I was telling you about. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen to our podcast. Good song. Ah, feels good, man. <laughs> I love that. okay i'm upvoting this comment i love this song af <laughs> now that's good <laughs> i actually like that a lot <laughs> that is very good i like that um i'm putting that that's the episode title move over mayor of starbucks i love this song <laughs> af okay you want to talk about assassins yeah it's not a good song but at least he's trying to do something else than the samey kind of bullshit he's been doing on every other song. Leave a trace to show your face, you get gone. Oh, there's those thumb pianos. So he, he, this is like the only song that has any kind of remotely has any kind of edge to it. He's got, he's got putting a little bit of roughness in his voice. The guitar has a slight bit of distortion on it. Um, and the song, I think he kind of intends it as a one long extended metaphor, but it's, it just comes off sounding like a fantasy, like a Mr. And Mrs. Smith, basically. If it feels like a Taylor Swift song. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe she like, ghost wrote oh, it. Oh man, what if two two assassins are trying to kill each other, but it was a metaphor for love. Yeah, and also the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith did it already and came sure. out in what, 2003? Oh, yeah, do you think he's thinking about Jennifer Aniston somehow? Oh, <laughs> wait, that's somehow? Angelina Jolie. Oh, but it does have Brad Pitt in it. Oh, so, oh, interesting. Okay, what's the timeline here then? Did That was 2005. Did she okay. get back to... We're way down the rabbit Brad hole. Pitt? Okay. Was he... Okay. Uh, Jennifer Aniston. They were divorced in 2005. So the, they okay. might have made this movie um, when Brad Pitt was still married to Jennifer Aniston. Inter- oh, no, I think that is the, the case. Okay. But what I'm wondering is, like, he's talking in the first song about, like, bringing him up, bringing, like, talking about him. And people think that it's about, about Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. And that, like, it's making John Mayer feel insecure or whatever. So, if it's about Brad Pitt, is then it would have to either mean that Brad Pitt got reacquainted uh, with Jennifer Aniston after they divorced, or it would mean that John Mayer's like, okay, we can date, we can get together, Jennifer Aniston, but mm-hmm. you can't talk about Brad Pitt, uh, your pastor Brad Pitt, because it's going to make me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> you can't talk about him ever again. <laughs> 
You know, Cameron, every relationship has to have rules and boundaries, and it doesn't matter if they're insane or in service of just absolutely uh, fragile insecurity. The The fact that they're there is what's important, and uh, and uh, I'm, I'm uh, starting a new career as a relationship counselor. Um, I was trying to make a 12 monkeys joke and my, my, my brain just went completely, uh, Zen. Mm. So you, nothing like trying to make jokes or be clever. That makes my brain just totally light (laughs) and fluffy. That's great. That's you're overcoming what the Buddhists call monkey mind. Uh, or, or for some of us, maybe it's 12 12 monkeys mind. mind. (laughs) 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 Woo. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> nailed it. Um, apparently they're making a reboot, uh, television series of Mr. And Mrs. Smith starring Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller bridge. Oh, I mean, Hmm. I like those people a lot. Yes, me too. But, but why? Also, there is a also, whole section on this Wikipedia article for this film, Mr. And Mrs. Smith called inaccurate depiction of Bogota. <laughs> <laughs> apparently it showed it as a small village in the middle of the jungle with a hot and humid climate and uh, are you fucking serious <laughs> it's like a huge metropolitan city it's yeah. like the biggest or second biggest i think it's the biggest it's like the seat of government and the biggest city in colombia isn't it oh more than just colombia uh the the metro area has 10 million people living in it cameron i think Jesus that's about as big Christ. as new york <laughs> that <sighs> terrible yeah and, well, it, and it's not hot and humid. It's like up in the mountains and it's like foggy and often very temperate. So anyway, this is, this is hilarious. We're deep down the monkey hole um, over here. Okay. Well, mm, what were we talking about? Uh, assassins. Uh, Creed. Uh, yeah, the what song, if there assassins. assassins. Yeah. What if, what if assassins? Huh? Um, this is like, I don't know. I, I kind of like this, the imagery that he's working with, especially when it's just him. I work in the dead of night when the roads are quiet and no one is around to track my moves, racing the yellow lights to find the gate is open. She's waiting in the room. I just slip on through. Uh, you get in, you get done and then you get gone. You never leave a trace or show your face. You get gone. Should have turned around and left before the sun came up again, but the sun came up again. That it really is a Taylor Swift song. You're totally right. Uh, I like it. Do you, what else is Taylor Swifty about it is, the him like trying to like kind of sound cool and the best thing he can come up with is racing yellow lights. It's like <laughs> everybody fucking does that. Not just assassins and cars. <laughs> you dork. Man, I'm like driving so cool and spy and assassin. Like, like sometimes I don't even come to a complete full stop at a, at a stop sign. I just kind of like mostly stop. I definitely mostly stop and, and check and make sure everything's safe. But then I like have a tiny bit of momentum and I don't fully stop. Isn't that cool? An assassin. Yeah. Just like the hitman from, uh, the, the, the state of intrigue, Idaho. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I'm lost. I, like an Idaho stop. Oh fuck. You're right. Yes. Okay. I got it. <laughs> you taught stop. me that term. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so yeah so assassins yeah so assassins. Um, there's dan kalimba's in it um, uh maybe or maybe it's just a sample i don't know this song's kind of stupid but you're right it is stupid. more fun yeah it's it's a lot more fun than like just the weird vague bullshit because it's like he chose yeah. a bunch of imagery and a metaphor and committed to it 
in a way he doesn't usually commit and he committed so hard that it actually is more of a fantasy than a metaphor and i like that um and he he flies in the song (laughs) suddenly i'm in over my head and i can hardly breathe suddenly i'm floating over her bed and i feel everything (laughs) ghost assassin ghost assassin well maybe he's doing like a mission impossible maybe he's hanging from a thread could be or from a from a wire i mean yeah i was gonna say that's now you're just that's another metaphor um yeah so that, i mean that's all i had to say about this song it's 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 at least fun this is like maybe the only song that's fun on this album yep well okay so we should do two more things um just play my sound sample from do you know me so we can hear these shitty mandolin distortion yeah. oh, sorry not mandolin uh ukulele distortion mm-hmm. and then let's listen to your sample of crossroads and mm-hmm. then let's be done yes I think it would actually sound really nice if it wasn't crunchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely does not sound yeah. intentional. Uh, crossroads. Crossroads. Okay, here we go. I went down to the crossroads, fell down on my knees. I went down to the crossroads, fell down on my knees. can you imagine a more rote by the numbers sleepwalking cover of this song he does not know he does he sounds so bored not only singing but playing the guitar at the moment he started singing he was just like i made a mistake Uh, yeah i guess i'll just finish it or whatever i'm so tired i'm i feel like i'm on the edge of coming Um, here's an interesting did, hmm? oh, go ahead this track of course is a total cover of Robert Johnson's version Mayers however takes a different approach and then in quotes the hip hop D'Angelo spaced out crossroads what did he really say that about this is that what he I'm said I'm so upset I'm mad yikes he's just d- doubled down <laughs> Mm-hmm. hey it's 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 two for two for one day at appropriations mart and uh john mayer is having a shopping spree <laughs> okay here's the thing i don't i don't want people to like think that you can't like the it's not that we're saying that like white people can't play black music sometimes they can and sometimes they are celebrated for doing so mm-hmm. sometimes p- white people can play black music very well um these are things that can happen it just feels um, it feels gross when white people are taking iconic, very specifically like black coated music and saying like, oh, I'm going to sort of add myself to the canon of people who can cover this and mm-hmm. add something to it. Um, yeah, like playing Boldest Love or playing mm-hmm. <laughs> playing this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I, I'm just saying it's not like a very flattering look it's not very cool. And it's like, why would you do that? Like I'm about to go, this is, this is a little, 
uh, I'm not going to give too many details. This isn't public knowledge yet, but I'm going to mm. go record an album in Nashville with some folks Ooh. and we're going to play a bunch of, uh, traditional string band music. And, uh, we are going to play some black string band music and we're going to do it super different than in the source recordings. It's not all black string band music. Um, but, um, you know, we're going to do some of it. And I think we're really excited, uh, to like nerd out about these, more obscure buried tunes and to bring them out in the public, use it as a way to like talk about, you know, um, to reverse the white coding of string band music, even as, uh, an all white band. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I like, I don't have any qualms about the fact that we're going to go play some Frazier and Pat Patterson for this album. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone else is going to have qualms about it either. Um, that's not the problem. It's just right. like, there's, it feels suspect yes. <laughs> that John Mayer wanted to do this. It's like, what are you, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to prove? This feels really weird. Mm-hmm. Will you play a sample of um, the original Robert Johnson? Yeah, I will pull that up. Johnson cross. I almost wrote crosswords, and that is a different song. So, for for those of you who are unfamiliar with him, and I'm not like a big robert johnson you know aficionado or anything um but i'm sure that a lot of our listeners have listened or have seen oh brother where art thou Mm -hmm. and uh the the character who is a guitarist um who sold his soul to the devil like that that character is modeled after robert johnson it's actually a conflation of two different um delta blues musicians the character's name is tommy johnson um uh, who, so there was like, there's like two blues singers, guitar players who are said to have sold their soul to the devil, including gotcha. one that was also named Tommy Johnson, but also one named Robert Johnson. Uh, no relation. It's there you go. confusing. <laughs> um, do you want to, well, um, did you, yeah, did you find that? Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. I went to the is so idiosyncratic yeah i mean to us right yeah um and to our ears uh yeah but yeah no one else you know i mean john mayer's not doing that he's he's literally just taking one blues riff Mm -hmm. and then transposing it to like one four i think he goes to like maybe the two chord and then to five um but like robert johnson is he's gesturing at chords in that in there, but he's, he's doing counterpoint and he's doing a lot of interesting things with, um, the lines are different every time. It's highly, it feels highly improvisatory. Um, there's stretching and pulling of the rhythm and the delivery, mm-hmm. um, the vocals and the guitar both feel very vocal together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like, so, <laughs> 
it's so much more interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> than what yep you know and it's it, it's it's a it's one of those things where it's like um if you take a song and um try to put it on paper like what is the song what are the lyrics what is the melody heavy air quotes there mm-hmm. um and um what are the chords it's like well you've lost what the song is yeah. that's not what the song is mm-hmm. Clearly, the song are those things as well, but like, there's been something that's been lost mm-hmm. in in the transmission there. So, anyway, yeah, um, just real time follow up. Uh, apparently, there is some controversy over this story of Robert Johnson and at the crossroads selling his soul to the devil. Whether that was actually a story that he himself told, or people close to him told, or whether that was sort of pinned on him by white people who rediscovered him after his death and maybe confused him with Tommy Johnson. Okay. So, well, yeah. I am, I, I hate to, it's in the learning links. I'm, I'm, I'm into apocrypha in general. Um, but not when it's about erasing the stories of, <laughs> of, uh, people of color, especially black folks. Mm-hmm. So my bad. Thank you for following. No, I mean, it's, it's a well-known like, yeah. Thing about Robert Johnson. Um, especially, I mean, especially considering his most, I think his most famous song is this crossroad blues, uh, song. Um, so here's an interesting fact that I learned from, uh, looking at it on the genius. Uh, the bonus version of this album apparently covers, ends with a cover of Bruce Springsteen's song. I'm on fire. Um, I love that song. Now, Cameron, as much as you love that song, how much do you trust uh, John Mayer to do a good and tasteful cover of that song? John, like j- j- horny John Mayer, feels so boring and uninteresting to me. And Bruce Springsteen is so profoundly horny in that song, and I I can't imagine him coming anywhere near as close yeah bruce springsteen is so horny that he is in despair he is sad horny (laughs) um i want to i want to listen to it let's let's take a quick listen let's listen oh no i hate it i'm gonna skip forward a little bit no you don't don't st- uh, you definitely do not have a bad desire john mayer <laughs> you're singing like that you don't know what you want <laughs> you kind of Bruce have a desire for a mommy what he wants <laughs> yes he does <laughs> he wants this woman to cheat on her man with him and then he wants to kiss his saxophonist on the mouth <laughs> Every night. Every fucking night. Uh, In front of thousands of people. He knows what he wants. And he <laughs> wants to talk about the war. Yes. And be misinterpreted. That's what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to have it be co-opted by Reagan for a campaign song. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, is that where we end? I'm ready to be done with this album. Mm-hmm enough for one life be done all right thanks for listening to us everyone as we uh go go through john mayer's album discography we maybe we should do uh one of his live albums soon yeah we we skipped one recently um yeah i would be down for saving that for last okay yeah let's do that 
Um, so the next studio album is called Born and Raised. Oh boy, it has a very throwbacky like it's like a throwback to Neil Young when Neil Young was already doing a throwback. Um, is so like, Voodoo Child on it? Yeah. <laughs> I actually checked it to be like, wait a minute, is that true? <laughs> um, so that's from 2012. We'll talk about that next week. Thanks for listening to us uh, this week. Um, in the meantime, you can li- uh, visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Tobias Podcast. You can support the show in a couple important ways. You can write us a review on iTunes. If you want to support us more directly, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.com. Um, and you can, if you kick us a few bucks, I, I, our threshold is really low. I think it's $2 a month, which is oh, less yeah. than the cost of a cup of coffee per month. Because uh, all Patreon support must be given in units of coffee. Um, and if you do that, <laughs> you'll get access to all of our bonus materials, which includes a long-running now a weekly mini-show called What's in the Box Weekly. Uh, it's a little mini show culture club. And this week we talked about, Oh, we talked, that's me. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the drink, the gin fizz and an old movie called the night of the hunter, which is apparently is second only to, um, citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a- apparently, apparently that's what, that's what people say. And I have to we say get to the bottom of it. I mean, spoiler alert for that episode, but I might've disagreed with that. Um, yeah, and we all and we get and we talk about to what extent uh, the gin fizz is a heteroflexible drink. And <laughs> spoiler alert: it's not. It's super gay. Follow <laughs> everyone. Check it out. It's a great this, time. This extra podcast. Yeah, it's great. Probably I don't know. It's probably like a hundred hours or something at this point. Oh, at least content. Yeah, yeah, at least tons. Go get it. Uh, you should also listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get oh, Up in the Cool. Would. Yeah, please do that. Um, you had recently what was it what was the name of the of the person you just had on last week that is uh jesse partridge jesse partridge that was a delightful episode what a great episode and a great interview and some very fun tunes. thank you yeah yeah well i have to give uh some of that credit to jesse no i think that was all was you of it. <laughs> 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 that's the magic of the show is because cameron has a, the, the talks with various peoples. And so you get all kinds of different perspectives and backgrounds and stories and stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a rollicking good time. And go check it out, everyone, if you haven't already. Yeah, go get it. I dare you. We, do it. We play, we play a medieval Flemish tune in it. Yeah, that was bonkers. A bear dance. Yeah. <laughs> for medieval tunes. for bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it dance a dance that bears dance to, or is it a dance for people who are trying to imitate bears? Who knows? Nathan, woo. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll be back next week. I've been Nathan Hunt, the mayor of Hartsville. And I've been Cameron DeWitt, and hell is other Portland? <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed the tuba in that. Mmm. There's a big fat tuba in that track. Big, big fatty fat tuba. I only listened to the trombones or keyed into those, but I didn't I didn't realize how much work that tuba was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good tuba. Do you th- hey, here's a question. Do you think John Mary has ever played Stagalee? Oh boy. <laughs> I'm sure he's he's done a very tasteful 
and uh, worthwhile cover of Stagaline. <laughs> <laughs>